Welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. I thought maybe we'll only be ready for such a topic months from now. But as I was praying, I kept being led towards it. I might touch some different areas. But let's look at it. Psalm 8 verse 4. The Bible says, What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? Are there any people that you are mindful of? Like you notice if they are in the room, you notice if they are not in the room. You notice if they walk in, you notice if they walk out. And also you take time to visit them. Maybe you take time to send them messages. I would assume that these people are people that you consider a certain way, right? Now, notice what the Bible is saying about God, verse 4, again. It's saying, what is man that you're mindful of him? Meaning you notice him. Like for this one, you pay attention. And not only are you mindful of him, but what is the son of man that you actually pay him visits? You actually visit him. Do you remember that old song? Um, Who am I that you are mindful of me? Mulenga Mumbai. Okay, guys, quiet. Rachel. uh Margaret. Guys, spare. Okay, fine. When I was your four. Okay, fine. It is. I love that old song. I was listening to it recently. Who am I that you are mindful of me? When I call. Right? Then is it true that true you are thinking of me? How do you love me? Something like that, right? It's amazing. I am a friend of God. Now you, now you, <laughs> you guys like knowing choruses. Okay, now let's continue. I've met a new sister chorus. There are people who only know the chorus of songs. 
Okay, so now it says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? I want that to sink in, that God is actually mindful of you. Today, I want you to put yourself on man. So maybe let, I want you to mention your name. Who is that God is mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. Do you remember in the book of Genesis, in chapter 3, the Bible says they heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. God would actually take walks looking for Adam. Because that's how special Adam was to him. Praise God. Verse 5. It says, For you have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. Verse 6. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Let's go back to verse 5. Verse 5 says you have made him a little lower than the angels. Now, there was a challenge with the translators when it came to this verse. There was a challenge. Are we following? I told you this year we are allowed to go deeper, right? There was a challenge with the translators when it came to this verse. Um, sometimes you can tell with translators, especially if you're reading, maybe uh, you, you'll be able to see some words in italics, then you know that there are some words you are not sure. I don't know who was not sure on this verse, but they actually put the wrong word. The Hebrew word for angels is malaik, malaik, something like that. Maybe that's why we say malaika. Now notice the word used here is not malaik. The word used here is not malaik. The word used there is Elohim. Here it's written Melohim, meaning the Elohim. Uh, give it to me in a Hebrew transliteration version. Where it transliterates Hebrew. For thou hast made him a little lower than the Elohim and has crowned him with glory and honor. Now, do you know who Elohim is according to the scriptures? Let's look at the first part where we find Elohim. Remember, the more you know God, the more you know you. So it says, thou has made him a little lower than the Elohim. Here's the first verse where we find Elohim. And you permit me to digress a bit, then we'll come back to this, right? As I say, this is one of those sermons which you only understand in full at the end. So if you give me half attention, you'll struggle. If you walk out to go answer the phone, you'll struggle. I need your full attention on this one. So, what's the key word we've marked there? Elohim. Let's go to Genesis 1 verse 1. Let's go to where it all began. Hallelujah. I'm beginning to feel this thing. Genesis 1 verse 1. Now, no, no, give me, not, let's not start with Hebrew. Give me, we'll go to the Hebrew later. Give me any version, maybe NKJV. Now, the challenge with Genesis, Lord Jesus, should we? 
we can just talk, right? The challenge with doing certain studies is that you become careful with certain Bible versions being your foundational doctrinal versions. You know how even like in class, there's that book which becomes your main book and then the rest are additional material. That's the same way I treat Bible versions. Because if you are to read Genesis 1 verse 1 in the Good News Bible, you'll be lost. Let me tell you what I mean. Let's have it in the Good News. In the beginning when God created the universe, verse 2, the earth was formless and desolate. There's a big problem there. You, that, that's not what it says. Huge problem. Firstly, this is suggesting that God created the universe with the earth formless and void. You'll see when we go to the scriptures. Secondly, because there is no mention of heaven or heavens, a person might then struggle to know that there is more than one heaven. Let's, let's go back to like, let's just continue. Verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I'll show it to us in the Hebrew so that we just see a few things. So here are a few rules with Hebrew. Every time you see H-I-M, then the word is plural. It's not one. Okay? Let me have the Hebrew. Reshit bara Elohim. So, the first mention of God is interesting. The first mention of God is in Genesis 1 verse 1, and it's the word Elohim. It's not El, it's Elohim. So, already from Genesis 1 verse 1, there is already a build where one can know that the Godhead comprises more than one person. Already from Genesis 1 verse 1, you can already begin to tell because this is plural. And yet in the next verse, God is referred to us as singular. No wonder when God was making man, he said, let us make. Who was he talking to? That shows you the community of God, the Father, in eternity past, the Word in the Holy Spirit. Because in eternity past, he was the Word. People think like God was like this big guy and then Jesus was this little boy saying, Father, can I go die for them? That wasn't the situation. That wasn't the case. Jesus became the Son of God. If you read in Hebrews. Okay, we'll get there. Now, I want you to see this. So it says, Breshit Elohim I think if you're reading it in Hebrew, you would, say, you would start with the Elohim before the bara. So it says, Breshit, Elohim bara. Then this is the word for heavens. It's Shamayim, meaning it's plural. It's not one heaven. It's several heavens. We're going somewhere. Give me 2 Corinthians 12 verse 2. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 2. You understand when we reach the end. It says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Okay, let's go back. Let's read it. Did, did you see what I just saw there? Now, the Bible is full of a lot of hidden things, and it's the glory of God to hide the matter. It's the honor of kings to search out the matter. Now, it says, I know a man who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, 
or whether out of the body, God knows. Such a one was caught up to third heaven. That means there is a first, and there is a second, and then there is a third. And I want you to see Nehemiah just building that argument. Nehemiah 9 verse 6. It says, <laughs> You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven the heaven of heavens with all their hosts. Now, the challenge is if when you studied your Genesis 1 verse 1 and all you saw was universe and not heavens, your curiosity is already not there and you'll not be able to study. Let's go back to Genesis 1 verse 1 now. It's quiet today. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Next verse, verse 2. The earth habits. <laughs> it says the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, I would like to mention that there are different theological positions on this. The most common one is that when God created the earth, it was formless and void. And then God took seven days to create everything. And that sounds very logical. And I think they even sermons out of it. Your life may look like nothing, but even the earth when it was created was formless and void. However, I would like to suggest to you, ladies and gentlemen, that there is a high chance that there were years in between Genesis 1 verse 1 and Genesis 1 verse 2. It could be millions of years. Or it could be in a realm of time that we don't measure yet. And the key word is this word. Was. That's the key word. The word was. Can I have that in the Hebrew? Verse 2. Did I give it to you? Let me have verse 2 in the Hebrew. Ah, Jesus. You will see as we go on. The key word is that word haya. How many of you are using a physical, maybe you're using a physical NIV Bible? Are you using a physical NIV Bible? Is there a footnote on verse 2? There is. There's a footnote on that word was, right? You've never noticed it. You just see the A. You're supposed to go down and look at what the A says. Okay, read what your footnote says. Notice there's an A on was, right? And then read what the footnote says at the end. The footnote reads, possibly became. Possibly became. Because the word haya actually means to become. I don't, if this was a Bible class, you know what I would do? If this was a Bible class with the ministers, would go to this tohu wavohu because it only exists in the Old Testament like three times and all the times it exists 
It's showing a situation that happened to something and then because of that it has become something. All the times, it's in Jeremiah 4 and I think it's in Isaiah. You can find it in Jeremiah 4 verse 23 when it says, I beheld the earth and indeed it was without form and void and the heavens, they had no light. That seems to be described in that period. And it says, I beheld the mountains, and indeed they trembled, and all the hills moved back and forth. I beheld, and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heaven had fled. And when you read on, you'll notice it seemed to be as a result of a judgment. You can find the same word used in Isaiah 24, verse 1, when it says, Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty, and makes it waste, distorts its surface, and scatters abroad its inhabitants. You can find the same words used there when you study in the scriptures. Meaning, it shows like there's this calamity that has happened and God is angry. And then, notice it says he turns the earth upside down. Now, that has never happened since Adam. The only thing we experienced since Adam was the flood. Now, when you begin to study this more, you begin to understand why as the years have gone by, people have found bones or skeletons of creatures that existed years before man. Because there was an earth before man. We are going somewhere. There was an earth before man. Now, the word man literally means Adam. Like, Adam literally means man. Like, the Hebrew word for man is Adam. Let us now go to Genesis 1 verse 28. Give me the King James. It will make more sense as we go on. So now, here is God who's created heavens and he's created an earth. Now, when God had created an earth... This earth had inhabitants. And one of the people who had a position over this earth was a guy called Lucifer. There was a guy called Lucifer. Lucifer was an anointed cherub that covereth. And there are two sins that Lucifer committed according to the scriptures. Who you guys are looking at me. You find this in Ezekiel 28. You find this in Isaiah 14. There are two sins that Lucifer committed according to the scriptures. He committed the sin of merchandising. He committed the sin of trafficking. Guys, you've not seen that. Ooh. Okay, guys, your breakthrough is coming. Is that what you want me to preach? <laughs> so Lucifer committed the sin of merchandising and the sin of trafficking. But for him to have committed that sin, there have had to have been creatures existing. One reason why it's important to study that is because it shows you what can happen if you do the same. Do you guys want me to give you a verse maybe? <laughs> I really thought that was just like a by the way point. Okay, let me give you a verse, then we'll continue. Do you think we need to do a full study on this? Um, on my end, according to my study, or should I say according to my sunesis, a word that we'll look at soon, 
when we're looking at wisdom, there was a civilization on earth, but then there was a challenge that happened, and there's a war, according to the scriptures, that had happened in heaven. And then Lucifer fell with a third of the angels, and the angels were called stars. That's one of the terms that was used to call them. They were called stars. And when they fell, it seems that they fell on earth. Because one of the comments given was war to the inhabitants of the earth. And it seems they fell on earth and something happened to the earth when they fell. And some people believe that there are some civilizations that were dealt with by a meteor shower or something like that. But nevertheless, something happened. And when you read, when you start combining the scriptures, you'll notice that there was a flood that came over the earth at that time. There was water that had come above the earth. But then we're also told that the sun was sealed. And scientifically, if you seal the sun and there's a flood, there'll be an ice age. But nevertheless, we'll, we'll take time to study. Um, I'm trying to hold myself because I've been studying this stuff from like 2013, 2012, 2013. So Lucifer committed the sin of merchandising and trafficking. Eh? You can find that in uh, verse 16 of Ezekiel 28. Maybe from verse 15, it says you are perfect from the day you were created. Then verse 16, by the merchandise, verse 16, by the multitude of thy merchandise, thy have filled the midst of thee with violence and have sinned. Now, if you read it, another version says by the, the multitude of merchandise, it's talking about merchandising and trafficking, really, when you read it. In detail, especially when you read Isaiah 14 as well. You want me to give you an example of merchandising and traffic in today's world? If I came to you today and told you that you needed to pay me for me to pray for you to be healed, then I'm merchandising the anointing. Yeah. Then you're just being just like Lucifer. If I came to you today and said, uh, don't worship Jesus, worship me, then it means I'm trafficking because I'm directing the praise where it's not supposed to go, where it's not supposed to go. So it's not so complicated. Now, Lucifer, I want you to understand this. Lucifer was judged, and there's a strong possibility that some of the creatures of that time became disembodied, and so they became spirits. There is also another group of spirits that exists from Genesis 6. Let me just show you that then we will now come to the sermon. There is a group of spirits that exist from Genesis 6. Look at Genesis 6 verse 1. It says, It began to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful. So they took wives for themselves, all of whom they chose. Now, the sons of God here, when you read from the account in Job, refer to angelic hosts. Because these were not God's children, but they were of the God kind, the angelic hosts. So there were certain angels that came and started sleeping with women because they looked at the daughters of men that they were fair. And then they took wives for themselves, all of whom they chose. Are you guys like surprised that you're seeing this in the Bible? And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. 
because God was upset. Verse 4. They were giants on the earth in those days. When these guys came and slept with women, they produced creatures. So they were giants in the earth in those days and also afterwards. Meaning, for some reason, some of it seemed to have remained. Maybe Goliath could be a descendant. And when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they brought children to them. Those were mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Some of these stories you hear about, some of them even in mythology, some of those people could have existed. Genesis 1, guys, let's just go back to Genesis 1 verse 26. And there is a chance that the majority of them, because the angels that fell in Genesis 6, those are not in the air. They are not the principalities. The principalities are some of the angels that fell in Revelation 12. The angels that fell in Genesis 6 are all locked up right now, according to the scriptures. They are locked up in one of the layers of hell, of which the scriptures shows us five layers. Now, they are locked up there, but then the creatures that they created, because they had tested a body, the majority of them have become spirits that want a body. And that's why there are a lot of demons out there. Notice what demons desire. They want a body. And when demons get a hold of a body, they begin to manifest something of another kind within that person. And usually they manifest abominations. They manifest rebellion against the God. They manifest disorders. Why? Because they are manifesting where they came from. They came from rebellion in the first place. So when a demon gets a hold of a person, they begin manifesting that very rebellion. That's why you find that people then, when demon possessed, the challenge is we think being demon possessed is when a person just manifests a demon. No, there that's even a good part because we've arrested them. Somebody can just walk and say, ah, oh, okay, those guys look like they have a happy marriage. Let me try and disturb it. Let me go and seduce that person. Demons. Demons. As in demons. I received a call the other day from a scammer. Now I know you're still here. Okay. I received a call the other day from a scammer, right? And the scammer goes like, hi, this is Airtel. And so I said, why is Airtel calling me on a private line? And he says, no, I got your, no, I got your number through Power FM. I said, I've never listened to Power FM in my life. And the guy gets angry at me. Hey, Shaniuko, what's wrong with you? Just because you're having issues now, you should bring them on me. I realized realize he was manifesting demons. This was serious demons. And he was angry that I got the better of him. Now, there are spirits which, when they get a hold of a man, how many of you have ever casted out a demon with, with strength? Like, there, there are those demons which are like a bit sophisticated. How many of you have ever casted out an uneducated demon? Have you ever done that? Have you ever had... Oh, I've had situations, standard. I've had situations where you're casting out a demon, it comes, it even does this. You wake afraid. You wake undone. I'm telling you. You think I'm joking? I've had situations where I've had crazy... <laughs> there are some stories we just don't say. 
I remember that time we cast out a demon said we cast out a demon in a house. And then the demon the person manifested and went to get a knife. There as in it was do you have power or you don't have power? As in there it was a test of power like power this is power order this is order. That one. Huh? And I'm giving you this because I'm giving you a background. One of the things that these devils hate is they hate men because God chose men, not them. They hate men. They want men to be rebellious so that they can die together. They want to fatten the cow. That's what they do. That's why they introduce abominations. They introduce all those things. They introduce think about this. You'd be amazed right now how much of the world is controlled by demons. You'd be amazed how much of the world currently is being controlled by demons. And of course the senior ones, the principalities and the like rulers of darkness because those are senior. Demons are like the small, they're, they're like the babies. You'd be amazed how much of the world is being controlled by demons. Think about this. If I posted today and said doing this like this is wrong, it's a sin, everyone will be, yeah, you're judgmental, you're this, you're this, you're this. As in, oh my God. Now, the reason why I chose to go this path, and I'll come back to the sermon, you'll see at the end, guys, an overnight, is because one of the things I saw about 2024 is I saw a lot of demons. No, I saw a lot of devils. Like I saw a lot of them. A lot. Like, you know, I was asking God, like, God, show me something about 2024. And I was just saying demons. I saw a lot of them. And then do you remember the scripture where Jesus said, when a spirit leaves, it goes about wandering. And then it says, I'll return to my home. And then it says, I'll return to my home. And it returns with seven more. So it finds seven more. Meaning there are a lot of demons doing nothing who are looking for where to go. And they don't mind being 2,000 in one person. So it says it, it gets seven more stronger than itself, meaning even demons are in levels. right? So it gets seven more stronger than itself. It comes back and it says the state of that person is worse. And then it says that's the same with the generation, meaning some demons can try to attack an entire generation. According to the scriptures, when Satan knows that his time is short, he tries to grab as many people because he's desperate. So I saw a lot of devils. And so if we don't start learning some of this spiritual stuff, some people may have challenges. But I can tell you, demons are very easy to deal with. Very simple. Extremely simple. I'm trying to think of a case I can tell you about. I had a case one time. Um, there's a lady, last things you remember, she was from your school when you were a student. There was a lady who, one day she was seated in class and she just saw somebody unzipping. And as that was happening, her memory was going. And then she couldn't remember stuff. It was so bad she didn't understand money. Didn't understand anything. Spirits, remember that one, right? 
And then they took her to the hospital. And at the hospital, they said, find the pastor. You don't understand this. And they brought her to me. I said, thank you. I said, you've done well. I said, leave us alone. Of course, with ashes. No, not for purposes of, uh, just for purposes of ethics, right? I was there with ashes. And I remember we casted out that demon. And I remember seeing, like, it's like I saw the mind of a person this side. And I said, you, go back there. And then, do you remember how it happened? Like, the person just went, oh. Suddenly, they knew. They're like, what has been happening? Where have I been? Where have I gone? I'm not telling you this stuff to scare you. You'll see when we get back to the message. And the person got their mind back. That's how they got their mind back. They are currently living. They are even a mother now, married, and all that kind of stuff. They got their mind back. But it was, it was, a, it, it was quite an interesting case, and it opened up my mind to just how these spirits work. One time, there's a lady who kept posting on Facebook, hey, I hate God, I hate this, I hate this. So I sent a message saying, hi, I would like to meet you. And she responded saying, uh, I'm in Chongwe. I said, I'll send the transport. We sent. She came home. I remember when Christina and her friends were home. And I tried to counsel her. Look, in life, this is, and when she came, she was very unkempt. And she was really trying to look like a guy. In life, this, this is no. Then I heard the Holy Spirit say, Fred, why are you trying to counsel demons? I said, can I pray for you? I said, can I pray for you? Sure. That's when I learned that in deliverance, you watch and pray. I said, ouch! She threw a chair. <laughs> Physically, not in the spirit. So we lowered the chair. Nevertheless, casted out those devils. That part shocked me. The moment the devils were out, firstly, suddenly the person became so soft. And then afterwards, they asked for a comb because they felt like combing their hair. There is a race called Adam, a race called man that God chose. God chose this race above any other people who may have inhabited, or should I say any other species who may have inhabited the earth before? Or any other species who inhabit the heavens, any other species in heavenly places, God overlooked all of them despite their glory, and he chose a race called Adam. And so in Genesis 1.26, he says in the King James, let us make man in our own image. There's no other creature that was made in the image of God. He says, let us make man in our own image. Meaning man has been made in the blueprint, in the pattern of God. That's why God who is the Father, the Word, the Spirit. Now God is Father, the Son, and Spirit. Also for us, it's spirit, soul, body. The same way God has got a trinity. Man has a trinity. Man is a trinity. So you find that God patterned man exactly after him. He said, this one is my baby. This one is my kasuri. This one is my, this one is my offspring. This one is mine. And according to the scriptures, Adam was called the son of God. So God looked at what he had created and says, wow, this is the one I've chosen. This is the one I love. 
So he says, let us make man after our likeness. Let them have dominion. And then in verse 28, we are shown something. First, in 28, it says, God blessed them. Let's start with 27. Okay, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created he, him, male and female, he created he, them. Have you noticed that the creation here looks like it's threefold? The words are not repeated by accident. It says God created man in his own image. All of you here are man. Whether you're female or you're male, you're all man, like your spirit, you're man. Not, I'm not saying you're male. I'm saying the spirit of man is guys. So when you see the scriptures, they're talking about you as well. It says he created man in his own image and then he created him. That now shows Adam. And then male and female, he created them. So even gender was created. But in verse 28, he blessed all of them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. The word replenish, whenever you see R-I-E before a word, it means something was a certain way, but then now you to it's like rewrite, redo. It means the earth used to be plenished, but now it needed to be replenished. So that again proves that something had happened between verse 1 and verse 2. And God needed a new custodian of the earth. And so he, he, he makes man and he tells him, look, there's this thing called the earth. I want you to fill it up again. So it used to be full before. But now God wanted it to be filled again. And then not only to replenish, he said subdue it. Now, the word subdue is only used when there's an enemy. Subdue is not used when there's no enemy. He didn't just say dominate, he said subdue. Meaning at this point there was already an enemy on earth. Probably Satan. And God had created man as his choice people. His choice race. Listen. It's this, guys, this is a fun talk. Who are stronger, the lions or us? No, let's be honest. Lions are stronger. How many of you here would like to fight a lion? You would like to fight a lion? Okay, how many of you genuinely think you can, no, like anointing aside, how many of you genuinely think you can defeat a lion? In a one-on-one, -on -one? no, not a baby lion, not a cub, like a full-grown lion in mating season. How many of you think you can defeat? Let's be honest. The odds would be against you, right? Okay. How many of you can fight a crocodile? Okay, guys. Come to think about it. Weapons aside, if all the dogs in the world made a decision to attack all the men in the world, do you know there would be a challenge? Weapons aside. Think about it. We've got the sharks. We've got the whales. If the trees decided to start fighting, there would be a challenge. What I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, is that when it comes to qualities on earth, let's be honest. Some of these species have got certain qualities we don't have. A tortoise has got this quality. There's this shark, I don't know if you've heard about it, which it's believed to have been alive for 352 years. Right? And then, is it the crocodile which heals itself? What I'm trying to say is, in all honesty, if the lions could think like we do, they could take over the world. 
what is man that God is mindful of him? Like, I, there's something special about us. All these creatures, are, we, we've even made them go extinct. Right now, for lions not to be extinct, we have to put them in a zoo. Because God has given man certain qualities that we can dominate anything. We can decide, oh, animals, you like this spot. Okay, fine. We want to put buildings here. Go. And they go. And if they try to fight back, we can invent something to fight them. Can you imagine that? Think about that. What is man that God is that mindful of him? And as simple as man may look, we may not be able to fly. But man can make airplanes that can go faster than birds. We don't have the speed of a cheetah, but man can make a car that can drive to another place. Okay? We don't have the predatory instincts of a wolf, but man can have a butchery. Us, we don't even eat the food raw. We fry. We've, we, even have, we can fry, we can grill. Like, there's something special about this creature called man. There's something special about him. And the biggest thing is God chose man. God chose Adam and his race and said, this is the one I've chosen. And that's why throughout the ages, what you can see from man is dominion. Somehow we find ourselves dominating this earth. Because the earth was designed to listen to the sons of God. So now, in the same vein, because man is the one who's been chosen on earth, if demons want to do anything, what do they use? Man. That's why they're after men. I'll tell you this. They're after the young. They're after the old. They're after the middle-aged. They're after, they're after people. And when you learn some of these things, you stop playing these games that people play. I'll tell you this, eh? <laughs> oh my God! You stop playing these games. Like, I've, I've, I've helped people here who you find who are very easily almost in the workout. You stop playing the games people play. This issue where you go in the road, you pick up a stranger, you take them to your room. Okay. Is one monk from one of these schools. Is one young guy from one of the universities who rent my office. Pastor, what do I do? I said, what happened? And the guy, and the guy just said, look, it's this girl. I put her to my room. And then she just said, do, 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 do. <laughs> and then she told me, saying, You're, I see you've got an eye problem. And he said, I don't have an eye problem. The next day, he developed one. And then, you know, he got curious. And then what ended up happening is, eventually she revealed. And then whenever you try to text another girl, she would text him, what are you doing? <laughs> and then eventually, she looked at him and said, do you know you do well in the couch? Ah, the guy just said, oh my God. <laughs> Listen, Satan is after man. The greatest property he can have is man. And you can tell that there's, you know, the Bible prophesies a release of demons in the last days. Can I show you how? Oh boy. Second Timothy 3 verse 2. Let's start from verse 1. It says, 
But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, meaning there will be harder days, right? Guys, you don't sound like you're enjoying the sermon. You don't like hearing that some of the last days will be hard. Don't you know that the glory of God shines brightest in darkness? Don't you know that the scripture arise and shine says, surely darkness shall cover the land? Don't you know that David rises when there's Goliath? I, I don't know, don't you know that Moses rises when there's a Red Sea? You're tired of fighting. Some of you here are sounding like, Pastor, I've battled enough. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have appetites. Does anyone here have appetite for one more fight? Cynthia, what's wrong with you? Rest on those sides. We labor in rest. <laughs> okay, now notice this manifestation of devils in the last days. Men will become lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Where someone can do anything for the money. Anything for the money. And it says bosters, proud, blasphemers. Someone can say anything about God. And it starts with using the name of Jesus in your jokes. Imagine using such a holy name in a joke. And then afterwards you think that name will work for you when you're praying for the sick. In your jokes you're saying blood of Zachariah. And then you think the blood of Jesus will work for you. Oh my God. And then it says disobedient to parents. You know what that means? It means when this begins to happen more. There's just a sudden instinct to just be rebellious for no reason. And you find people just start rebelling against anything that's called authority. And usually it starts in the home. Anything that's called authority, people want to rebel. And then it says unthankful. Have you ever met an unthankful person in your life? And then it says unholy. Let's go on. Unloving unforgiving. It's getting worse, eh? Slanderers without self-control. Brutal despisers of good. No, they don't just despise good. They despise it brutally. You know, like sometimes uh, being a public figure, you know, you get to have a lot of stuff said about you, right? You, you know, you wonder, like, trust me, when you're public, you even have to live a, how can I put it? You really have to strive to live a godly life. Because, like, if people can talk about you when you're living straight, how much more? If along the way, <laughs> they were wondering, ha! It's like, they're like piranhas. Give them anything, they'll grab a hold of it and they'll run with it. Because it says, brutal despisers of good. Let's have the next one. Traitors. Headstrong. It's my way. So I mean, I don't care what people think. I just think about me. Haughty. You want to know what haughty means? I will check the dictionary. You don't want to be lazy. And then it says, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Next verse. Having a form of godliness, meaning they will still be able to say, 
I'm a Christian. Guys, we are all Christians. We all believe in God. But they're doing all that nonsense. That's not scriptural. It means they have a form of godliness, meaning they know when to be religious. They know how to switch on the religion. Like, they can just switch it on. Like, okay, let's be godly for now. Let's do this. Let's pray. Let's do this. I mean, go back to the worldly stuff. So that's why it says having a form of godliness but denying its power. Hey, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Like, Jesus saves. You're still drinking. You're still smoking. You're still fornicating. You're still doing this. You've been saved from what? And it says, but denying its power. So the same time you're saying Jesus saves is the same time you're saying, look guys, we all have these dark things that we do. You're denying the power. And then it says, from such people turn away. Look at the next verse. For this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. I don't want to go deeper. Should I? Next verse. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Always repenting. Always learning the same thing over and over again. Always. For some, this is coming as a rebuke, right? There's no way every year, 31st December, you're repenting from the same stuff you're repenting from on 31st December the other year. It means somebody's always learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Next verse. Now, as Janus and Jambres, now that's a challenge when you don't read the Bible and then you don't know who Janus and Jambres are. As Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. Next verse. But they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. You now for, for, for nine verses to be nine verses to be dedicated towards that, then it's important. You have to know that in the last days such things will become prevalent. And listen, you may be listening to me and you've been part of the first nine verses. Your life can change today. You can make a decision, but this time you have to stick to it. And then look at what it says about us. It says, But you have carefully followed my doctrine and manner of life. <laughs> it says you've carefully followed what? My doctrine, manner of life. What else? Purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, affliction. And so he begins to tell him what some of the things that happened. And then he begins to advise him. You'll see some of the advice in I would actually encourage everyone to read the book of Timothy. Okay, we're talking about what man is. So I'm telling you that there'll be a lot of spirits released. And demons are very, the way they are gotten, it's, 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 non, it's non. Let me tell you something. Your behavior, for example, cannot be bewitched or demonized without your permission. I'll show you from verse 30. Perhaps I have some husbands over here and they are saying no. The only reason I was unfaithful is because 
that person put something in my mazoi to make me love them and hate my wife. That's now now listen to me. Firstly, how did you find yourself drinking that mazoi? Now, even if you drank it, now look, I've obviously I've dealt with these cases a lot, right? I've dealt with now me I've dealt with it on both sides. I've dealt with people coming to my office, Pastor, I want to confess I've been doing this. No, I would smoke for men. I would do this. Yeah, like someone who get a like some enchanted cigarette smoke and call out a person's name and say, Hey, you love me. You love me. You love me. <laughs> You're laughing. And I'm not talking about like these people from the village. No, I'm talking about bougie kids from Long Acres. The first time I was given a detailed view of how it works, the person was not from like, no, 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 it was private universities. They're the ones who told me. As a matter of fact, what they told me is that right now in the boarding houses, there are women who go there and they start saying, hi guys, do you want to know how to attract men? Do you want to know how to uh, get money for married men? Do you want to know how to get this, 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 this? I'm telling you, some of you have experienced it, right? Yeah, and when they come, I want you to shout, fire! It's happening. And if we don't prepare people with how to deal with it. So now, here's what I'm saying. Um, for that to work, the person must be corrupt in the first place. And then that thing just makes them worse. Why are we quiet? Let me show you from John chapter 14, verse 30. We're still looking at who is man. It's just that it's an overnight, so I've gone deeper, but I'll come back. John 14, verse 30. The Bible says, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. Satan rules the worldly system. Now, look at verse 30 from the Amplified. The part for he has nothing in me. It says, verse 30, from the Amplified. Let's go. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him, and he has no power over me. So Satan will find himself having power over someone when they have something in them that belongs to him. And that's why you find a person is already unfaithful. Their charms will work. As a matter of fact, they will work. Let me show you. Look, Jesus spent most of his time casting out devils. And that's why the first thing he tells man that they'll be able to do is to cast out. Look at Luke chapter 13, verse 10. Now Luke was a doctor, right? He was a physicist. So he knew what he was doing when he was writing this. He says he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Meaning for her, even if she got the medicine other people were getting, because there was a spirit behind it, it was going to be a challenge. Now Jesus healed this woman, and then he made a comment in verse 16. He said, so ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, Meaning there was a day it entered. There was an actual day, an actual moment where that spirit bound the woman. And it lasted 18 years. And Jesus casted it out. So 
as time goes by, maybe during the year, I may do some further clarity, even just on devils and how to deal with them. Because Satan has a kingdom, and there's a way they work. And the person who taught us the most accurate information on Satan is Jesus. He's the one who actually taught on him and taught us how to deal with him. Okay, so who is man? Let's go back. Who is man? Let's finish. Man has been chosen by God among all species. This race of Adam has been chosen by God for fellowship. God can actually fellowship with these people. God has chosen them to have knowledge of his salvation. God's son identifies himself as the son of man. And God is actually God is actually observant of a man. I want you to think about this. Out of all the beautiful creatures in the world, when it comes to man, do you know what God does? We're not sure whether it's at night or in the morning. God actually comes and he starts counting your hair like one, two, three, four. And he's like, oh, today there's one that dropped. <laughs> Some people it takes longer than others. And then there are others where I think he's not sure, okay, do I count the one on the weave as well? But the fact is, God actually counts your hair. God even notices your emotions. And when you're emotional, he's even more close. The Bible says he's close to the brokenhearted. He's not close to dogs. He's not close to lizards. He's not close to ants. But for you, he's not even, the Bible doesn't even say he's close to angels when they're touched. We don't know whether they get touched or not. For you, for angels, they sinned one time judgment. For you, man sinned. The word says no. They have to do something about it. Man sinned. God became a man. And said, ah, these ones I can't lose. And he said, these ones I can't lose. I want you to know that God is very mindful over you. Now, beyond the species of man, I want you to know that God is over, very mindful over you as a person. Iwe we may Dorothy. I, I, I don't know, guys, it's just a name that came out. It, it sounded really Doro. <laughs> if we have Dorothy in the house, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, but you, you, your name? What's your name? Nsabo? Misapa. Yeah. Like you, Misapa. Like, who else? Victoria, Uwanda, Nancy. Do you know that God has personal thoughts over you? Imagine there's an entire universe and yet God has personal thoughts over you. God actually has thoughts over you. God thinks about you. Like the God who created everything has got thoughts over you. David said something in the book of Psalms 139. 
verse 7. He says, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So now, God is so mindful of you that he's made you a little lower than himself, a little lower than Elohim. And beyond that, there are privileges he's given you that the angels don't even have. Because the angels long to look into these things. As a matter of fact, if you read 1 Corinthians 6, you have even been chosen to judge angels one day. Why? 1 Corinthians 6. Guys, come on. Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more the things that pertain to this life? God is... Someone asked me, what would we judge them by? I'm like, what is it to you? What is it to you to know how we will judge them? So we'll judge them. You know, I'll be I'll be the one in the forefront. Hello. There was that day. I was casting out a demon. Why did you wait? No, the angel be like, no, I just like being dramatic so that you can have funny stories to tell what overnight. You were. <laughs> but God actually has thoughts over you. And that's why there is no man who is like the animals. The animals, according to what Solomon wrote, especially the period when he was confused about who man was, and was Christ had not come then. But the animals, they just live, eat, sleep, die. That's not the same case with you. God actually has thoughts over you. You're not on this earth to just exist. That's what makes you different from an animal. You actually have purpose. You've got a reason for being alive. Like God has thoughts over you and over you and over you and over you over there. And that's why the devils don't like you. But listen to me, I don't care whether they don't like you or not. Us will just cast them out. Don't you think so? But God has thoughts over you. God has precious thoughts over you. And sometimes in this world, you can feel small, you can feel insignificant, you can feel unimportant. And yet in God's sight, you are the important one. And so even if you've forgotten all the Hebrew and Greek words that I was showing off earlier, if you forget all those things, remember this, God actually has thoughts over you. And even as you're entering this new year, God has got thoughts over this year for you. He's got good thoughts over you. He actually cares even about the small details. Can you imagine that? He actually cares. I declare over you, praise God, that your 2024 is blessed, that there is no day which is recorded as a day of failure for you. I declare that you're preserved in your body, you're preserved in your mind, you're preserved in your health. I declare that you're blessed in your spirit. You are understanding the deeper things of the word of God. And you are applying them. You are growing in doctrine. And you are manifesting it in your life. I declare that there is a multiplication of grace. In Jesus name. You have such a hunger for the things of God. I declare that there is a multiplication of dreams, of visions, of prophetic utterances. There is a multiplication of the manifestation of the Spirit. I declare in the name of Jesus that no devil, no 
devil shall affect you. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. And every tongue that has risen in judgment against you, I refute it in Jesus' name. I declare that your story, for those whose story has been bad, your story has changed for the better. And for those whose story has been good, your story still changes for the better. In the name of Jesus, I declare a priestly blessing over you. That the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you. I bless even your finances, that you have all your needs and even your wants. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.